Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. On we roll. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Brucey Bowen live in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Crazy day today. We've just gotten into some ridiculous places. Mm. But the, the thread of commonality of our three stories today, which include my lunch, <laughs> In, in, in a definitive third place behind the baseball sticky stuff and the replay fiasco that was last night in the NBA, the threat of commonality is taking a good thing and then going too far with it. Like, we go too far. What's the old expression? Like, you give you an inch and you take a mile? That's, right. Right? That's the mm-hmm. problem we have. Take an inch. Just be happy with the inch. Replay was a good idea, and we took it much too far. Replay was put in place to correct egregious errors. It was never intended to be to make a judgment call on whether the ball last brushed off of the fingertips <laughs> of that guy or that guy. So let's slow it down and watch it for 15 minutes at the end of a playoff game. We cannot have the last 90 seconds of an NBA game taking 33 minutes to play. We can't have it. And it is happening because we have taken a good thing and taken it too far. Same with the sticky stuff. Sticky stuff in baseball. One minute, you're trying to take spider tack out of the sport, which is a good thing. And the next minute, Joe Girardi is demanding that Max Scherzer stop rubbing his head and Scherzer is dropping his pants on the mound. And one of the best pitchers of all time and a major league manager have to essentially be pried apart (laughs) on a baseball field. And that's a problem. So you've taken a good thing and you've taken it too far. Then very quickly... I was going to be the bigger man here. I was going to acknowledge something to Hembo, who mocked my sandwich yesterday. I ordered a vegetarian sandwich, and Hembo mocked it. Brandon, too. Both of you. And I was going to confess that eating that sandwich in the car on my way home yesterday from Mm. work, I found it unsatisfying. And tell us why. Just wasn't good. It wasn't good enough. It it was missing something. It was missing meat. It was missing something. Meat, cheese, something like that. It needed something else. But once again, you couldn't just accept that. You had to go too far and say it's not a sandwich. A vegetarian sandwich is indeed a sandwich. It just isn't a good one. Lots of things aren't. Uh, lots of things are a sandwich that aren't good. It's a sandwich. It's just not a good one. Can I read the definition once more? Yes. Two or more slices of bread with a layer of meat, fish, cheese, etc. Between them, etc. The vegetables are the etc. In this particular case, yesterday the etc. was like roasted peppers, which I love, eggplant, which I love, some sort of sun-dried tomatoes, which I really liked. And what else was in there? Something else. And it was and, and, and it was good. But it but just was missing a little something. It was missing a little genre. It was je missing quoi. meat, fish, right. or cheese. I admit that. But that doesn't mean it isn't a sandwich. It just means it's a bad sandwich. The public agrees with you. I did a poll on this yesterday, and the overwhelming amount of people agreed with you, but the comments, the commenters agreed with me that it no. is most definitely not a sandwich. It's a sandwich. You can't look at the comments. Look at the poll. Only you, only a wrong person mm. would say, well, I know the poll all disagreed with me, but look at the comments. That, that's a person who is wrong. That's a, the admission, just as a, a piece of advice for anyone, if you ever put up a poll on anything and it goes 82 to 9 against you, don't, don't try and tell me, look at the comments. If you're looking at the comments on a poll, you've already lost. So that bothered me, but not nearly as much as the end of the NBA game yesterday. And so that's where we need to go with, again, my question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. 
Was the juice worth the squeeze on the replay? The end of that game last night felt like the end of something. The interminable reviews ruined the greatest finish ever. That's the greatest finish ever. It's a one-point playoff game. It's a conference final. It's a one-point game, and on a sideline inbounds with .9 seconds, they throw a gorgeous pass that just barely trickles over the back of the backboard and is converted for a slam dunk with no time remaining to win the game. That's one of the greatest plays ever. Listen to Mike Breen's call. Oh, this is Breen here. Crowder looking, throws it. Alley. Oh! Hayden puts it down! He puts it down! It's over! Here's the ESPN radio call. Crowder looking, looking, lobs it up top. It goes in! Does it count? Aiden! Miraculously! It, it hasn't been put on the board yet. It hasn't been put on the board. Phoenix, though, will get the win. Phoenix will get the win. That's the point. That's the, the, the moment is extraordinary. They got the win 10 minutes later. They got the win 10 minutes later. That's the problem. <laughs> Nothing that happens 10 minutes later is good. The last point nine seconds of that game took 11 minutes. That's not good. The last 90 seconds took 33 minutes because this is not what instant replay was intended to be. It absolutely wasn't. And so my question of the day to you is going to be, was the juice worth the squeeze on those replays? Have we reached a point where something needs to be done? Did it ruin your enjoyment of it? If you watched the game last night, did it diminish or even ruin your enjoyment of this extraordinary finish that it took so long to get there? Going to open the phone, see you on that in a minute. Greeny presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. In the meantime, what the hell was DeMarcus Cousins doing? I mean, what is he doing? So, so I'm not a basketball player. I didn't play. I, I barely played any organized basketball in my life. I played pickup like everybody else in the world. And I know that the one thing you have to defend against when you're guarding the inbounds pass in that situation, when you're seven feet tall, so they put you on the court exclusively because you're seven feet tall, your job is to try and make harder the one thing they could do, which is the one thing they did. Instead, DeMarcus Cousins was guarding against the one thing you'd love them to do, which is throw the ball out to the top of the circle where they have to catch it, gather themselves, and try and get up a shot in .9 seconds. DeMarcus Cousins, if you haven't seen it, Hembo and I have watched this thing over and over again about 100 times today. And Peter Carlissimo, when I brought it up to him on TV, said, if you go back and look at it, which we did, you see that he wasn't on the floor. They have four guys on the floor, and someone goes and grabs DeMarcus Cousins, and he's literally taken off the warm-up pants as he's running out there onto the court to guard that inbounds pass. But that shouldn't be an excuse. If you play basketball, you know that. He's got to be defending that. He was basically guarding. If, if, if you haven't seen this yet, I'm going to describe it for you. He is guarding the inbounds passer straight up. He's looking Jay Crowder in the eye. Both eyes are lined up. They are, they are standing parallel to one another. He needs to be standing perpendicular to the inbounds passer, and he needs to be defending against the one thing that can beat you. There's less than a second left in the game. So I'm just flabbergasted by that. We have PJ here, I'm told. Okay, yeah, I've got 
Where is it? Here's P.J. Carlissimo from Get Up With Me this morning. DeMarcus Cousins didn't contest that lob to the rim. Uh, I think what happened was he got in late. Sometimes that happens. You put your team back out, and all of a sudden one of the assistants yells out, hey, let's put a big guy on the ball. And I think that's what happened. DeMarcus came running in late, and his angle, his back is kind of to half court. His back needed to be toward the middle of the court, kind of toward the foul line, if you will. And then it would have made the pass a little more difficult. The way that pass was thrown, would he have stopped? Stopped it? No, but he wouldn't have given Jay Crowder the clean look he had at that rim. That's PJ being as diplomatic as he can. Can I ask a question? Yes. So th- before this play, the Suns had three minutes. <laughs> I went back and looked. Three minutes to draw it up. Yeah. What were the Clippers? Why did they not know which five guys would be defending during those three minutes? I, that. And that's a big part of this, too. Without that time, they probably can't draw up this awesome play. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, how right. do you not know what five guys right. are going to The delay the impacts the game enormously. Enormously. I mean, mm-hmm. we joked about it on TV this morning. They, they had time to go over to the practice court and run the play a couple times before they did it in the game <laughs> because they were taking so much time uh, with the replays. But then to your point, the only excuse for that is that maybe they were waiting to see who was going to be on the floor for Phoenix. But you know it's going to be an inbounds pass. And what makes Cousins' positioning even more egregious is if you see it, they're, they're so far to the corner. Right. If, if they're a little more flush behind the basket, maybe you'd let him excuse it because you almost have to split the difference. Right. But there's, not, there's hardly any space to DeMarcus Cousins left to the right of the passer. It makes no sense to me at all why he allowed such an open lane. And if you see from the back angle, which I sent you earlier, there's really only one little uh, window for which Jay Crowder to throw the inbounds pass, and DeMarcus Cousins is unbothered by Yes, you're 100% right. The, the, the bottom line of it is that's a blunder. Yeah. It's a blunder. Mm-hmm. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. It's a brilliant play. It's perfectly executed by the Suns. We talked about it earlier. Using Booker as the screener is brilliant because it means they can't double the guy diving yeah. to the basket. Nicholas Batum is the defender. He has to stay with Booker because if, if you just let him flip the ball to Booker right there, that's your... I, I, that's your second biggest fear, is that Devin Booker is going to catch quickly in a spot where he can shoot easily. Your biggest fear is a dunk by DeAndre Ayton, which happens um, because they can't double and because there's a great screen set on Zubats, and that's what they, and they execute it beautifully. Give credit where it's due. They deserve credit. It's a beautiful play. The it's pass especially. Cool. The pass is yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. It's spectacularly drawn up. Aaron Rodgers couldn't throw a better pass than that. But you need some help along the way. That was a mistake. But the question of the day, once again, is for you now. And my number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Were you as concerned about the amount of time it took at the end as we were? This Both Hembo and I came in this morning, and the first conversation we had together was, that was interminable. Well, you just did a bunch of the math on it, right? There was yeah. three minutes before that pass was thrown. <laughs> three minutes. Th- there were, there were. It was, it was. You gave. You were the one who gave me the number. Uh, Thirty-three minutes to play the last ninety seconds. Ninety seconds. Jeff Van Gundy went on SVP after the game and made a joke about you guys want to stay here till midnight on the East Coast. It literally lasted past midnight. Right. The game ended at twelve oh five. And and so that that's TV's concern. My concern is is from the aesthetics of mm-hmm. the sport because it's our job to watch this stuff. But it's not yours. So 888-SAY-ESPN. Did the, uh, the, the interminable nature of the replays diminish your enjoyment of what is one of the genuinely great plays in NBA postseason history? We'll talk about it with you, and then Bruce Bowen will join us as we continue. In this hour, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Bruce Bowen live in 10 minutes or thereabouts on the Goodyear hotline as we're talking about an unbelievable finish in the NBA last night and a whole lot more. A reminder, if you miss anything on the show today or any day, there's always two good ways to catch up to us. It's a podcast. Both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcast. It's called Hashtag Greenie. We also stream with you every single day on ESPN+. We stream live, and then it lives for the rest of the day. You can watch anytime you like. But right now, I'm coming to you for the calls, because the question of the day... You ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. is very simple. Did the interminable length of the replay rulings in the NBA game last night take away from your enjoyment of what was one of the greatest finishes of all time. Are you concerned about it? Let's get to the calls here. We've talked about it a lot. Bubba, who's first? Let's go to Bruce. Bruce, you're on ESPN Radio. What's the answer, Bruce? Did it bother you last night? Not at all, because this is the playoffs, so we have to get this right. It's not a regular season game. So we have to get it right. And a lot of the time that was taken up was some of it was because of substitution, because um, the Clippers had legitimate players on the on the court after the shot was made as well. And the, they have to get them right. Boogie Cousins came off when he should be on. Nicholas Batoon was on, was off the court as well when he should be on. Reggie Jackson was on the court when he should be off. So the rest have to get it right. So. At the end of the day, it is not a regular season game. It is a playoff game. So we have to get it right. And they- All right, Bruce, I, I appreciate the call. And, and while I disagree with it, I, I opinions that oppose mine are always welcome here. Scott Van Pelt was completely on your side last night on TV. Mark Jackson is on your side. Um, and many other people are too, I'm sure. And so I appreciate the call, Bruce. We don't see it the same way, but I like your passion. Uh, Bubba, who's next? 
We got Mark. All right, Mark, you're on ESPN Radio. Mark, did it bother you last night? Yes, it bothered me. Uh, we enjoyed the game up until that point, I believe, in getting the call right. But what I can't understand is it's a group of us guys sitting at home watching it. We made the exact same calls that the officials made, but we did it in like 10 seconds. Right. Uh, don't understand why these paid professionals are taking so long to get the call right. Listen, they're looking at it as microscopically as they can. They want to make a thousand percent sure. I get it. I don't blame the officials. I do not blame them. They want to get it right. They don't want to wake up this morning and say, I got a call wrong and it wound up impacting the outcome of an NBA conference final game. I understand that. I, I believe the flaw is in the rule somewhere. I believe the solution to this is in changing these things. And I understand that what I'm giving you is a nebulous solution, which is to say, I believe in the one look rule. If I need to look at it a second time, the call stands. I get that. That's not, it's, it's too opinion based and you can't have things that mean this much based on that. I'm being mostly facetious when I say it. But I do believe strongly that if it takes 33 minutes to play the last 90 seconds of a basketball game, we've identified a problem. That's my opinion. Let's see what yours is. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Dan. Dan, is it a problem? Uh, Greeny, I mean, I, I do think that you got to get it right, but I guess I think of what's what's the alternative. So the subs at the end took forever, but if Jackson hits a game winner and, oh, by the way, he wasn't even supposed to be on the floor, what's the conversation at that point? Right. They, ha- they have to address those things. I understand. I, you're correct. There are things that have to be done. The wrong people are on the floor, and then they have to go back and look at this and look at that. And they, uh, Yes, you're correct. Um, it just seems to me that there has to be some way of making these decisions more quickly. You're right. We live in the day and age where the reaction the following morning is more of a concern than it ever was before. The substitutions aren't what bother me, though. It seems that that's what the callers are saying. To me, it's the well, length it's, of the replay themselves. Correct. One of them, yes. One of them is what the point they're making is that part of the delay was that, that they've mm-hmm. got to go back and look at wait, who's supposed to be out there and all that. Yes, that's part of the equation. And yes, it's, it's all stuff they have to get right. They have to get it all right. I understand that. But every now and again in life, like, I can't believe I'm saying this because I've always been arguing the other side, but I'm willing to get things a little tiny bit wrong. <laughs> I've never wanted to, but now I kind of am. If, if this is the alternative, I'm kind of willing to get a little bit wrong. Who's next, Bubba? We got Tony. Tony, you're on ESPN Radio. Tony, how do you feel? Uh, I, I actually think you have to take the time to get it right, but my biggest fear is that they still miss the call, and, and so I would like to see the two-minute report because the official number 71 at the end on the jump shot that Aiden knocks out of bounds, he actually points at Aiden and says the ball is off on Aiden, but then – he doesn't stick to the call and allows him to go over there and never even has an opinion on the replay. He actually looks over at Ty Lue and you can see him make the small and shake his head. Mm. So I would like to see that two-minute report because I, that led to the big finish. That's an excellent call. Thank you. I haven't seen the look you're talking about. I, I, I didn't focus in. Again, Hembo and I watched that so many times this morning. That's not one of the things. Well, we weren't looking at that play. You're talking about the second, the penultimate play. Um, we were looking at what happened, you know, 15 minutes later or whatever it was when the point nine was finally played out. Go ahead. And the last two-minute report from last night's game has still not come out yet. Okay, so we will have that. If it comes out in the next half hour, I'll read you whatever it is they say about that. Listen, thank you for the calls. I appreciate it. I'm not looking to stir up trouble here. I mean, I love this stuff, and 
I, I just feel as though there were too many people talking about this that we couldn't ignore it. Like, we couldn't pretend this wasn't a problem last night. And, of course, I'm in favor of getting the calls right. No one's not in favor of getting the calls right. It's like the old Lombardi line. Lombardi walks into the locker room the first day of practice, and he says, well, everyone in this room who wants to win the championship, please stand up. And everybody in the room stands up. And then he says, well, everybody in the room who's willing to sacrifice what it will take remains standing. And that's the point. It's a great story. And it's also the point. Everyone wants to get the calls right, but are willing to sacrifice whatever it is that we're sacrificing in the aim of doing it. We'll talk about it with Bruce Bowen as he uh, joins us in a couple of minutes here. We'll get his take on all the things that happened last night. And the real reason that we called Bruce yesterday was not about last night's game. It has to do with the most talked about story in the NBA this offseason. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. And this is the official theme music of my longtime friend, the great Bruce Bowen, who joins us on ESPN Radio. Hello, Bruce. Want to fight. <laughs> Payback is a thing you got to see. Now, these words here, me. See, I, I just don't know what he say right there, but it feels good, Greeny. Greeny, how you doing? I am good. I have missed you, my friend, and it is good to catch up. And I, I saw some quotes attributed to you yesterday about Ben oh Simmons, and that's when I, I immediately called the guys and I said, we got to talk to Bruce, and I do want to get to that in a minute. But first, we have to start with what happened last night. So take me through that. Point nine seconds left. Because we're sitting here talking about what DeMarcus Cousins wasn't doing right guarding the inbounds and all the other things. Take me through it, everything that you saw last night, the beauty of the offensive execution and the mistakes that may have been made on the defensive side. Well, more than anything else, you have to be able to try to fight a guy off of where he's trying to go, even when it comes to setting a screen. And Devin Booker did something that was so key in that moment, Grinny. He faked another direction before he initially went to go set the screen on Zubox. Now, with Zubas, you got to know a screen is coming. It's .9 seconds. All they can do is get it at the rim. I don't think they want a jump shot. But I want to give credit to the Phoenix Suns and what Monty Williams has been able to do with this young group, Greeny. The fact that you had a bunch of young players on the floor able to execute in the, in the throws of a game like that, it just shows you how he has his hand on that group, even without a leader on the floor like Chris Paul. So you get that situation. Zubas is not thinking about that. But my thought process is, you know it's only so much time. you got to have your head on a swivel. And the guy in ba- that's guarding the inbounder, you have to get big and talk. That was a perfect pass that Crowder threw 
right at the rim. It can't happen like that, but you got to give credit to Phoenix Suns in their execution of the play, Greeny. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think it is a beautifully executed, gorgeously designed play where there were also mistakes made on the defensive side, and I think you explained it all really well. Can you explain, again, Bruce Bowen, a three-time NBA champion, you've been in a million extraordinary last-minute <laughs> kind of situations. How crazy is it? Like, <laughs> excuse me, they're... They're trying to have these conversations. The arena's loud. There are these long delays. Now, give me a sense of just how well organized the discussions are in those huddles and all of that, because sometimes it feels like it, it might get a little bit chaotic. What's it like in those huddles at the ends of these games? It's, it's the ultimate aspect of concentration. This is why you've run all those sprints, and then coaches put you in scenarios where it forces you to now utilize the mental component of focusing. When you have those environments and the stakes are high and you understand that a shot is necessary, you're not thinking about the shot per se. As a player, you're thinking about, let me make sure I do my part. So you pay attention to detail on the foot. And at one point you saw Monty look at, I forget who it was, but he kind of gave him some more instruction just so that that person could understand if there is a plan B to this whole ordeal. So, is focusing at those in our, those most poignant times. And, Greeny, it really starts at practice. When you're running these things at practice and you get guys playing around, coaches usually stop the practice and say, hey, we need to focus right now. This is important because there's going to come a time where I need your focus. And if you can't focus right now, how can I expect you to focus in the throes of a game like that? Absolutely. Greeny and Bruce Bowen, again, a three-time champion. So you've been through so many of these pressure situations. Well, let me ask you, we've talked a lot this morning about the delays. And, and uh, your old friend Hembo gave me the exact number. It took 33 minutes to play the final 90 seconds of that game. <laughs> What impact does that have on a player when there are, when it takes that long? Like it, as a fan, it feels like it completely loses the flow. What impact, if any, does it have on you as a player? Well, as a player, you understand that if you're able to do what's necessary as far as get stops, then it doesn't go on to that situation. But when you're not able to, you have to move on to the next play, and it's about focusing on the next play. A lot of times guys get caught not moving on to the next play and still you know, simmering over a situation or a bad call. It is so key in the playoffs that you can move on to the next deal. And it's almost like having a breath of fresh air, even with what has transpired in the past. You, If you miss a wide-open shot, the only thing that I recommend, and this is what I share with kids all over the world, is that you don't get down on yourself for that. What you do is you say, I hope I get another opportunity at that. Because if you get down on yourself in that moment, now you're making it about you. Now you get that same shot. Now you put more pressure on yourself to come through in that moment. And if you don't, it adds to the process of you being down on yourself. You can't be that way. You got to move on to the next deal. You have to understand that players are in this situation numerous times of practice. You put up hundreds and hundreds of jump shots. You have to trust the process once you get to the throes of a game like that. Greeny and, and my old friend Bruce Bowen, who's here. So that's last night, and obviously it was – can the Clippers come back and win this thing, by the way? They, they, they were down love to in both of their previous series. Right. But this is different. Can my, they do it? I, you know what? I'm, I'm not optimistic about them doing it, Greeny, because they're so casual about, hey, we've been here before, we've mm-hmm. done this, we've done that. You cannot ever think that you're that group where it's just, oh, all we have to do is turn it on and turn it off. You have to be careful and show a healthy amount of respect for this young group that you're playing against. 
And the fact that they're playing without Chris Paul is what gives me even greater disturbance within what the Clippers are doing. You guys are doing this without a true floor leader on the floor. But it shows what Monty Williams has instilled in this group as far as not having a coach on the floor like Chris Paul, a guy who is a true point guard, someone that can get guys in different spots at different times because he understands the value of possessions in playoffs. This group is playing like they've been in the playoffs the past seven years, Greeny. So you have to give credit to that. But on the flip side, there's so much mess when it comes to we talking about the Clippers. Are they satisfied with just now getting to the Western Conference Finals? Are they content with that? Are they looking to be better and move forward? Because if they are, and and this is not a knock on Paul George, but you're the leader there. You're at the free throw line, and you're a good free throw shooter. I didn't like the fact that he said, well, I'm known as a guy that can close games out. I didn't like that response. More than anything else, you didn't come through in that moment. So does that carry over? It's all types of things that can happen in these moments, and you have to be careful of that. And I just don't think the Clippers have the wherewithal to really boggle down and get back to the root of what they do. I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree with literally everything you say. Bruce Bowen is with me here uh, on ESPN Radio. So l- let me get to the, the next thing. So someone sent me a quote from you. I, I don't recall where I saw it, but you said, and all the conversation this week has been about Ben Simmons and Magic mm-hmm. was on here. Ma- Magic Johnson was on the TV show the other day saying he needs to get out of Philly. He needs a fresh start. They need to trade him. And the question is, you know, what will teams be willing to give up for him? And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. You're the one who said it. How do you think Greg Popovich and the Spurs would approach that? So, Greeny, that was all fake. And, and, and I know we've heard fake news within our government, but this was a situation where someone was trying to piece something together, and it was absolutely false. Hmm. I will send you something on that after we get off. But the deal is, I never said anything, especially speaking on behalf of Greg Popovich. That was all false and I I, when I saw it I got it from a friend of mine in Tampa yesterday morning and I immediately sent it to the PR guy of the San Antonio Spurs which is Tom James Tom James got on it and next thing you know he called me back he said hey we've handled the situation because people don't realize the implications of something like that you know DeJounte Murray made a statement but you know if he sees that he calls his agent now the agent calls uh, the front office of the Spurs and they're saying what's going on why is Bruce saying this and it was totally false that was not what transpired. I've never spoken of Ben Simmons coming to San Antonio and who San Antonio would give up for him. Now, flip side is this. I agree to a certain degree about the whole ordeal of maybe he needs a fresh start, but that's not going to change the fact that he has this block of trying to shoot the ball. Even though we can see him on Instagram and different videos shooting, he still has, he has not allowed it to transfer over to a game. So a lot of times when it comes to practice players and game players, a, a game player can take the things learned at practice and apply them in live situations. Some guys have to continue to work at it, and it's about the environment, greening. If the environment is right, then that player usually tends to shine and starts to develop. But we're talking about a coach in Doc Rivers who is not known for developing, developing players. You remember him in, the, in L.A. with the Clippers. DeAndre Jordan never did become a block player, low post player, because he was never developed. Mm. So I, I like to look at what is the leader of the group doing? So the leader of this group says something to the effect that, well, I don't know if we can necessarily get to the championship with him at the point guard. Why would you say something like that, Greeny? Then you have Joel Embiid talking about, well, he blew a wide open shot right there in the fourth quarter. 
What what happened to taking up for your dog? What happened to picking your teammate up? What happened to you protecting your players? Those are the things that I have the issue with when it comes to Doc Rivers now. You look at Doc Rivers in Boston, yeah, I believe a lot of people could have been able to win a championship with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Ever since that championship, or prior to that, he's never been to the Eastern Conference Finals without that group. Mm -hmm. So at what point are we going to start saying, maybe it has more to do with the leadership of the team? Because I remember being on TV talking about how we need to hold Joel Embiid accountable when they fire Brett Brown. Hey, Brett Brown don't look so bad right now (laughs) because of what's transpiring. And it's basically the same group you have. So let's talk about that, Greeny. The leadership is what it's about and the culture of the organization. When you have your star player talking about another player, that tells me a lot more than I need to know as far as how this place is ran. Bruce Bowen with me. And I have a stat that backs it up. Doc Rivers teams. This is just this is the number have been eliminated from the playoffs 11 times in series in which they held a lead. No other coach in NBA history has lost more than eight such series so the numbers are what the numbers are Bruce Bowen is with me here with his perspective on it and I appreciate it so let me ask you this then independent of any of that so to putting all that aside mm-hmm. can Ben Simmons become the player that many of us who watch the sport believe he obviously has the ability to be him he does so many things so ridiculously well do you believe he can still become a superstar in the NBA, which, in my view, he'll have to be at least some threat to score to legitimately become. He's only 24 years old. Do you think it can be done? I think it can be done, Greeny, as long as he continues to work at it. He's improved even as an NBA player. He is an elite player. Now, he's an elite player that has some some situations where he's not as strong in certain areas as others. For me, it's about putting that player in a position where he can succeed. Put him in moments where he can become comfortable so that you continue to show him film, continue to develop him in the prospect of what you can do. Because I do believe that, Greeny. I do believe he has the ability and the the opportunity to be the best he can be and improve that shooting. But it takes him to shoot the ball. It's one of those things where, as a coach, you got to say something like this. Look here, Ben, I want 10 jump shots this half from you. I don't care where they come from, but if you don't give me 10 jump shots, then you're coming out of the game. See, now it puts on the mindset like, okay, coach just told me I can go out and shoot. Now, we usually talk about guys taking bad shots, but sometimes you got to encourage bad shots for a guy who's reluctant to shoot the ball so that he can start taking the good shots. A really interesting thought. Bruce, it is a pleasure to catch up as always. I hope the golf game is in good shape, and I hope we get to play again soon. Good to talk to you, my friend. You too, Greeny. Take care, my brother. You too. That's great. The great Bruce Bowen here who's with with us in Bristol for years and years. And I have a funny Bruce Bowen golf story, which I'll tell you in a second. But that was a really interesting perspective. Let me bring Nuno in on this because Nuno is, is, well, what can you say? He's feisty and he's passionate about the hoops. So that was was Bruce Bowen laying that at the doorstep to some degree of Doc Rivers. Nuno, your reaction? I mean... It's tough with someone like Ben Simmons, right? Because if you start listening to people and reading stories about, hey, they've tried even before Doc, like, hey, you need this is what you need to work on. We want to make you into more of a power forward. You know, Stephen A. yesterday during first take said that someone texted him to say, hey, he doesn't like all he's done is surround himself with family. He doesn't listen. Like, so that to me kind of is like, 
There might be something there with Doc, but at the same time, it's Ben Simmons. You've been in the league long enough. You're, rep- you, you know, you're represented by Clutch. You would think someone like LeBron or someone would have said, "Hey, this is what you need to work on to get better." And it just, it's not clicking. Something's not clicking. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the thought that he needs a fresh start because I think that whatever his block is obviously mental. Whatever the other issues are, there's clearly a psychological element to it. And I think that he will be so vigorously reminded of that in Philadelphia next year that I think it'll be impossible to escape. Or if he goes somewhere entirely new, and Hembo, my Philadelphia native mm. over here, if he goes someplace entirely new, I think he has a better chance to start putting that behind him. He has a much better chance because it's very clear he's fallen into a pattern of behavior in Philadelphia that's not going to advance himself or his career. And you can't, you can't fire any more people. Sam Hinkie's gone, and Brian Colangelo's gone, and Elton Brand is gone, and Brett Brown was gone. How many more people can get fired in Philadelphia? Ultimately, the onus falls on Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and there's really no other way around it. All right. Um, and at this point, it's going to be Embiid. <laughs> because right. I think it's yep. not going to be on Simmons, mm-hmm. and we'll see what they do. All right, so that was very interesting. I, I, should I tell? I don't have enough time to get into the, the other stuff we were going to do here, so I'll just tell you a fun story about Bruce. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. So Bruce and I started to become good friends. You know, he would, would come on, do Mike and Mike every now and again. And I quickly realized um, after, you know, when he would come on and do analysis, I was like, this guy's hilarious. Uh, Bruce Bowen is really insightful and he's really fun and funny. And so every now and again, like during NBA playoff time, if Mike was off, we would have Bruce come in and host with me. And so that's how I really got to know him. And we had a lot of fun together doing shows. And he was telling me he was just starting to play golf at that time. He's gotten a lot better. He had just retired a couple of years before, so he hadn't had a lot of time to play golf. So he's just getting better at golf at that time. And so I bring him down to the club where I play in Connecticut. And I bring him out there, and he loves it. He loves it. We have a great time. We have a great round. And if you've ever been with Bruce, like a post-round, like sitting there having a drink, he's the mayor. Like, he's never been there before, but he's just, he's accept, he's just greeting. He's accepting visitors. People are coming by the table. Every, you know, we have an NBA player sitting there. People are going to get excited. And everyone's going to, and Bruce is having fun with everyone. Couple days go by. I get a phone call from Bruce. He says, where are you, Greeny? I said, what do you mean, where am I? I'm, I'm working. Where are you? He says, I'm on the seventh tee at your club. Bruce befriended so many people at my club. He plays there more than I do. Bruce is now like everybody's guest when he would come up to Connecticut. He's not up here as much as he used to be. But when he was coming up to Bristol all the time to do analysis, he he had like three or four different people that were bringing him out as guests to play. He's at not my a club. member. You think he's not a member? No, he's not a member. He lives in <laughs> San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> he lives in San Antonio. He would come up to do analysis. He would come for like, you know, three, four days in a row. <laughs> He would do whatever he had to do, Mike and Mike in the morning. He would do sports and whatever he's there doing, NBA tonight. I don't remember what era of our broadcasting this was. And then he's got, um, he's made more friends at the club than I have. He's down there playing. He calls me. He's like, I'm on the seventh tee. He's not a member. He lives in Texas. <laughs> and so he just became like a, a popular guest. And he's still, you know, people still ask after him. He hasn't been up here as much lately, but he's such a fun and good guy. And he, you heard the opinions there. Um, and, you know, he, he had a, a pretty strong take on a bunch of different stuff. It was great to have him. And it was great to have you along for the ride today. This was a fun day, unbelievable night last night. Let's hope tonight is just as good. And we'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio.